to Talk FX, where we promise to keep the conversation honest and real for our Fragile X community. We are a group of moms of Fragile X children, self-advocates, and full mutation carriers from Washington, Idaho, and Oregon, all on a mission to share our stories and experiences in the hopes of reaching more Fragile X families and creating more awareness of Fragile X syndrome. So with that in mind, let's jump right in to this week's episode of Talk FX. Join today with two moms of Fragile X children, Debbie and Wendy. Thanks for being with us today. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for having us. Yeah, um, we are going to talk about successful potty training tips and uh, independent skills for in- individuals with Fragile X syndrome. And Debbie and Wendy are going to share firsthand their experiences with these two important topics as they both have uh, boys with Fragile X syndrome. Um, and I know that this is going to be really valuable for parents, grandparents, and even siblings um, of children with Fragile X. So I'm really excited about this. Um, so let's get started. So um, I want to first talk about uh, Philip with you, Wendy. Um, and I wanted to ask you, so at what age did um, he start potty training? I would say that... Uh, we had solid, uh, successful steps around the age of five. Uh, we tried a little sooner than that, but uh, he didn't really start walking till he was two and a half, and he didn't really start talking till he was four. So it wasn't that surprising that he wasn't potty trained at the same time as his peers, even though we didn't know he had fragile X yet. Right, and I feel like just in in my experience with talking with other uh, families with kids that have fragile X, five years old tends to be a um, a popular age for when they really start potty training. Yeah, I think that's pretty much, uh, you know, seems to be pretty normal. And then, of course, it doesn't happen like a lot of people were telling me, oh, if you do it my way, they'll be pot- he'll be potty trained within a week. Well, right. <laughs> <laughs> um, so what did potty training look like for him and, and what worked best and what did not work well? Um, I think uh, he's 15 now, so it was about 10 years ago, but he really, really got into, you know, the cool underwear and not wearing any, we just called them night times. We didn't, or day times. We never really called them diapers. Mm-hmm. Um, so he really got into like the Spider-Man underwear and he thought that that was really cool. And um, it is just, cool though. <laughs> right. And just having a, a really, really good relationship. Um, I was with a guy for seven years that um, really helped a lot. So it was nice to have a guy that could kind of show him. And just a lot of the consistency. Whenever there was a lot of changes in his schedule, he always kind of backpedaled a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, so consistency is, is huge. But we didn't do like rewarding <laughs> candy or things like that. Right. So, um, 
you found that consistency ended up being kind of really important for Philip. And I feel like that's important for all uh, kids with fragile X syndrome is they need that consistency. They need that routine, you know, especially in potty training, you know, you just do it the same way, same steps each time, you know, when you go and take them to the bathroom. Right. And just do it and not ask, do you need to go to the bathroom? Right. When they do speak up, but just always go to the bathroom before you go for a walk. And this is really kind of funny, but, um, when he was right about that six years old and he was small for his age, he was in like the eighth percentile. Um, you would never know that meeting him now, but he thought it was hilarious to pee outside. I kind of <laughs> forgot about that until we started talking about it. But <laughs> You know, I feel like any boy would think that's hilarious. Right. When they start figuring out what they're capable of, oh, man. Well, <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, this is cool. Look what yeah. I can do. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so, Wendy... What do you feel like you would um, say are uh, the most successful strategies that you've had? And and was there any recommendations that you received from any like professionals as far as like maybe some ABA therapists or anything like that? In our uh, area where I live, um, there really is a lot of limited information as far as that goes. So it was fantastic to get involved with the Fragile X Foundation. I went to the first conference in 2012 and um, seeing examples of the visual schedules, things like that. uh, I think that those kind of things can really help. And Elmo's potty time helps kids of of all levels. So things like that really help. Yeah, exactly. You know, and, and I remember, too, when um, my cousin was being potty trained and, you know, he has Fragile X. Um, something that really uh, helped him was was encouragement. You know, we made it an exciting thing every time you went to the bathroom because he loved it when you would clap for him. And so anytime he would go number two, he expected you to clap for him. (laughs) (laughs) And I just loved it. It was hilarious. Right. Um, That positive reinforcement rather than not doing it like with bribing systems, but that positive reinforcement is obviously really great. Because it's not like you can, you know, give them M&Ms or something for years and years uh, every time they go to the bathroom. (laughs) Right. That might work for short term for a week or two, but you're right. You can't do it for three to five, maybe even more years. And I feel like, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like individuals with Fragile X, they respond so much better to that positive reinforcement and just making it an exciting thing because they they feed off of whatever you're feeling. Oh, my gosh, yes. Philip yeah. can pick up on my feelings. And his latest thing right now, um, if I seem distracted or I have things on my mind and I'm not really uh, present and mindful he tells me I have a boring brain <laughs> it, it, it just shows how fast he can pick up on it oh, geez. <laughs> <laughs> well on that note um what are some of 
Phillips, like, skills that he has as far as, um, you know, independence and, and those life skills that he's really developed over the last, you know, several years since he's 15 now? Um, he's always scored high every three years when the school does those kind of assessments and then just function um, day-to-day life. He's scored really high, obviously using technology. Um, he Even though he doesn't type in search criteria, he can find any YouTube movie or show he wants to very quickly. Oh my goodness, I need him. <laughs> <laughs> right? Oh my goodness. And... Um, <laughs> He, he's um, really good with using his Xbox, of course, and he can use the microwave as long as it has like a 30 second kind of or a one minute timer type of microwave and not one where you solely have to just punch in the time. Well, I don't like so, those either, so. <laughs> right? <laughs> kind of get spoiled when you have just a quick start button. So he can use those ones. He's um, made dinner before and he can use his door George Foreman grill and his air fryer and oh, yes. he, he likes to be spoiled and catered to so pushing him to be independent is uh sometimes a challenge but just like last night he did the cutest thing he wanted a glass of water and I told him to go get one himself and he acted all put out over it and he was in the kitchen popping ice I could hear it for a while and then he came in with a glass of ice water for both me and him and gave me Aww. a glass of ice. yeah that's so cute. So, I love that. Yeah, the independent streak when he can um, help other people and do things for other people is pretty cool. That's that's good reinforcement right there. Right, and I think that uh, uh, individuals with Fragile X do in- really enjoy helping others, and um, they really – I think that that's a, a trait of theirs, you know, Um that they really enjoy being selfless. Yes. Um, well, thank you so much, Wendy, for sharing on uh, Philip. Um, Debbie, I would love to talk with you about Skyler and what uh, potty training has looked like for him. Um, at what age did Skyler start potty training? We um, potty trained Skyler around age eight or so, almost nine. Um, we had tried earlier, but nothing was successful. He just wasn't ready. Mm -hmm. Um, cognitively, he just wasn't ready and, um, pushing him, uh, only made it where he had, you know, high anxiety about it. So we didn't push it. Um, so we just, um, we just modeled to him. So when I started to want to potty train him, and he'd always come in the bathroom anyway with me. So he'd come in and be like, what are you doing, mommy? I'd be like, well, this is how you go to the bathroom. Mommy has to go to the bathroom. So I'm going to sit on the toilet like this and you go to the bathroom. And I just kept doing that and modeling to him. And he, you know, it sounds weird, but he's seen his dad do it a few times, you know, and he caught on just by seeing it modeled to him. Right. And uh, I think that there's a lot to be said about that because uh, lots of, you know, individual, individuals with Fragile X, they learn potty training in, in different ways. It just depends on what works for them. Yeah, and Skylar's always been a visual learner. Mm-hmm. So he always, he sees things, um, sometimes once, 
Sometimes it takes more than once, depending on the task. Like technology, you show that kid one time how to do something, and he knows how to do it. Oh, man. Again, yeah. I need him, too. <laughs> Jeez. He, he's like Philip, too. You can find any video or show on YouTube. You can't necessarily search, but that kid finds it. And I'm like, dang, Skylar. <laughs> yeah, I know that my cousin Nathan does that, too. And sometimes, you know, he'll find stuff that you're like, where was that even on the TV? Right? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, what are some strategies, you know, as far as you said, uh, he learned best with, with visual learning. Um what were some successful ways to kind of uh, keep that uh, kind of way for him to learning, learn going? Like, how long did it take for him to really get potty trained, knowing that he's a visual learner? It took, um, it took about a couple weeks, probably, for him to catch on. Um, we started actually um, having him sit on the toilet like even with the lid on just sitting there or you know and getting used to being on the toilet it didn't matter if the lid was up or down he just had to get used to those small steps right and then um you know as we said I'd model to him but um also you know um putting him in underwear was a good strategy because sensory wise if he's in a pull-up he doesn't really care. The wetness doesn't really affect him the same as underwear would. Right. And so um, we put him in underwear and he got to where he just didn't like the wetness at all. And so mm-hmm. he would go in there and we'd set a timer for every like, first we did every 15 minutes just to get him to go in there. We were consistent. Then it was every 30 minutes. And as, you know, as soon as he got more consistent um, on doing it, we were consistent and Patience is also the key and, you know, um, he caught on and, you know, allowing for accidents, not being upset if he had an accident, you know, and we gave him a gummy bear for like going. And so he really liked that. Yeah. He wanted to go in there and do that. So, and then, um, so he, you know, he'd have accidents here and there, um, but he got to where um, his body started to, he started to listen to his body on what it felt like to have to go. And so he would run in and go, um, to the bathroom. Yeah. And you know, it's interesting because that is a very popular tactic that, you know, you use even with typically developing kids, you put them in underwear and they start to realize, wow, I don't like to feel wet in, in underwear. And that is what really helps them to like, you know, move towards using the toilet so that their underwear doesn't get, you know, wet, obviously. And I've been a nanny for, you know, five and a half years and I've potty trained countless children. And, um, you know, each child has really been different no matter what their, uh, what their, um, development is. Um, whether it's, you know, typical or not, um, it's really just taken a different amount of time for each kid because it really depends, like you said, Debbie, on um, us as the, as the parent or the, or the teacher, whomever, um, being patient and being consistent. Um, you know, it's not just the effort of the child. It's the effort of the person teaching them, too. 
And yeah. So you can't, you know, be inconsistent or they're not going to learn as fast. Um, yeah. So there's certainly a lot to be said about that. And of course, you know, you got to make it fun and have gummy bears readily available. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so also, um, what are some ways that you've really pr- uh, promoted independence in Skylar's life? And, and what are some of his um, strong suits in that area? Uh, because it's definitely important for you know, individuals with fragile X to develop those life skills? Um, we did some, we had a therapist who would print out pecs. So we do step-by-steps with him. Um, for example, getting dressed, putting underwear on. It was um, a step-by-step thing. And we'd model to him, this is the way your underwear goes. And you put it through one leg and we model to him how to get dressed. And I'd get dressed in front of him and show him, you know, he, he's always in and out anyway in our room. So it's like, even if he doesn't know any give mommy privacy, so (laughs) (laughs) he just kind of learned from us um, showing him. And then my mom was also a huge help because she's one of his caregivers. And so she um, also helped him get dressed. She would, you know, put his pants on through the legs and at first have him pull them up. And then, you know, one day she'd have him put one leg through and then she'd help him with the other. And pretty soon he'd get the hang of it. And he'd now he can put on pants and he can put on a shirt and his socks and stuff and shoes with little help. Um, so we just uh, stay consistent and tell him, good job, Skylar. High five. He loves high fives and being cheered on and. So it's just a lot of um, giving him a lot of visual learning mm-hmm. um, that worked for Skylar. Yeah, that's great. And, um, you know, is t- with um, uh, either of you, Wendy or Debbie, um, how were you guys able to successfully have them, you know, um, like wipe themselves independently? That can be um, a, a skill that, uh, can take some time after, you know, you, you get them potty trained. I know my cousin's still working on, you know, wiping himself, you know, effectively. He does it and he'll, he'll do it if you prompt him, but, um, he doesn't do it quite enough yet to where you, uh, don't have to help him. Right. I think that that's extremely interesting because I hate to give somebody the impression that like Philip was a hundred percent accident free and independent at the age of five. He was just uh, definitely not having a lot of daytime accidents and could articulate that he needed to go and could use the bathroom at that age. And to this day, we're still kind of working on that tactile. He seems very sensory defensive of having things on his hands and he hates like finger painting um and at the fragile x conference this year while we were doing the virtual things um mouse and tracy's videos they had mentioned that sometimes kids with hypotonia um have a hard time feeling pencils in their hands so they might need a pencil grip on their hand and that led me wondering can our kids sometimes have a hard time feeling toilet paper on their hand and telling exactly where that's at in their hand and how much control they have over it? 
So we already used wet wipes sometimes, but we're using wet wipes even more now this last month to try to help him remember. And that prompting, he can is more independent the more consistent we are with that prompting of, of doing it on his own. Yeah, it definitely comes back to that consistency aspect. And, you know, wet wipes is definitely a great idea because they actually have a different, you know, feel to them because they're wet versus dry and they're a little bit thicker. Um, And I think that they can do the job a little bit more effectively when they're doing it by themselves. Right. Um, But what about you, Wendy, with with Skylar? Oh, Debbie. Um, with Skylar, he, he still needs help with wiping. Um, he does it a little bit on his own, but he needs, um, he only, you know, does it like once. So we usually go over it, go over it with a wet wipe or whatever. Um, we're still kind of working on the whole wiping situation. And with wiping, it's kind of when his dad's home, he only likes his dad to help him do those things now that he's like 12. (laughs) He's figured out that dad can only help him shower and dad, you know, he's okay with dad wiping him and helping him in the bathroom more so than me. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, he'll let me do it, but he prefers his dad. Um, He kind of has figured out that, you know, we're different. So he can have his preferences. (laughs) Yeah. And so he kind of has those preferences, but we're still working on it with Skylar wiping and stuff we just model it to him and and you know we use wet wipes and stuff and and give him time to try it to at least try it and um so we're still kind of slowly getting there (laughs) yeah of course I think like oh sorry go ahead Debbie or Wendy uh one of the the next things and uh potty training this might be a curveball but um you know years down the road Philip's at the age where he's also shaving and Debbie has mentioned modeling a lot today so you girls might get a kick out of this but um <laughs> his little electronic razor isn't really cutting it literally anymore so I went and got some shaving cream and a nice razor today And he was putting on his own shaving cream, but he was rubbing it in too much to where it was more like lotion and it wasn't staying on the top. So I covered my face and shaving cream today like a man would. And he asked me if I was going to shave too. And I told him, no, women don't shave, but I'm showing you how to do this. (laughs) What a good mom. Yeah, he figured it out and I was able to shave him. He wanted to have the razor, but we're not quite that independent in that category yet. Yeah, that, that, uh, you know, requires safety, (laughs) (laughs) but that's so, uh, great just to, you know, model that for him. And that's the same thing, you know, with, with potty training, like what Debbie did, you know, even though it's a little funny, she modeled, you know, what it looks like to use the, the toilet properly. And sometimes that's just what it takes as a parent. And, you can just laugh about it later and, and use it as a great memory. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we probably developed fantastic senses of humor. And I know our kids have great humor, so they probably get a kick out of it too. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, <laughs> well, you know, everything just honestly takes that time and consistency. And it's really just, it's a journey with, with kids with Fragile X. And, um, 
honestly, I I truly believe that anyone, any individual with fragile X can can learn any skill that they want, just with consistency and patience, and um, that's just you know the desire to want to to uh, teach them it. I mean, they they are capable of anything that anyone else is capable of. And I just um, think that there are countless examples of that because obviously um, everyone, every individual with Fragile X is, is super good at uh, one, at least one thing that they're just really good at, whether it's technology or uh, their memories that are always far better than mine. Um <laughs> And oh, even yeah. with learning potty training, with learning life skills, you know, all these things can, can be taught. Um, they're just, you know, different paces. Yeah, for sure. So um, is there anything else you guys wanted to add on, on potty training or um, life skills? Um, because I think it's been so great to just talk about how, you know, Wendy, your, your boy is 15 and, and uh, Debbie's is Debbie. Yours is twelve or eleven? Uh, twelve. Okay. Um, and just how different their their potty training journeys truly were, and also how uh, they both have different skill sets in the you know independence area. Um, and it's so cool just to learn the differences and similarities. I would just say that um, to to parents that are going through it right now, just to remember that this each approach it would expect it to be a continuous approach applied for like six months before you feel like maybe you need to readjust give it a long time and give yourself time to be consistent and think of approaches that are sustainable for your household and um just stick with it really right yeah and remember and to remember you know every kid with fragile x is an individual not all of them learn the same way to do things. They all have their different ways of learning. They may be visual, it may be a schedule, it may be, you know, um, other things. So just go with your child's style of learning and I think um, you'll have some success. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. And I think also too, you know, if, if uh, parents can just, you know, honestly get and get uh, honest with themselves and, and think about, do I have the time to potty train my child or should I have, um, you know, professional help like an ABA therapist or something? There's so many great resources out there to uh, help you. You know, I've, I've watched um, uh, kids that I've nannied for with autism um, receive, you know, ABA therapy and they've taught potty training and, um, it's taken some time and consistency, but they make a ton of progress. And, yeah. um, I think that it's good to, you know, utilize your resources if you need to. And if it's something that's available where you, uh, live. That's yeah, an excellent sure. point. Advocating, taking the IEP, maybe taking notes and schedules that you've kept to yourself at home and observations and really pushing the advocating because I feel like I said before, we don't have a lot of resources, particularly where I live. So I don't know if people really understood what was going on. So if you have something like ABA um, or an occupational therapist that can come into your home and help you with that, that would just be fantastic. So don't be afraid to keep pushing for that. 
Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Um, well, thank you ladies both for your time and sharing on your super cute kids. Um, that just, I really need their video game and, and searching television skill sets so bad. (laughs) (laughs) So I can find all the good stuff. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, um, and Wendy, I'm just envisioning your, your, uh, Philip right now, uh, with shaving cream and, and you with shaving cream and it's just a very joyful image. <laughs> so thank you girls so much for your time. I really appreciate it. And I am so excited for how this um, episode is definitely going to be valuable to uh, all of our listeners. All right. Yes. Me too. Thank you. You're welcome. Ladies, have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you for tuning in to Talk FX. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook at Talk Fragile X to keep up to date on the latest episodes. You can listen to Talk Fragile X on the major podcast listening platforms, Apple Podcasts and Spotify.